0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Lee Hackey
1: has become part of my morning prayers. I was a full-time nurse, just lifting up a patient.
0: I tracked the trailer, came up behind this, pushed us right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back.
1: He says, I'm going to do
2: everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing. I love you. <laughs> Call Pond hockey Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys.
1: Now, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD,
2: WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, presented by the Law Offices of Pond hockey Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is the Labor Show with J Doc and Krause. And welcome in everyone to this live edition of the Labor Show here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT with my partner Jay Doc. I'm Joe Krause here with you for the next 75 minutes as we lead you in to Penn State against Texas in the second round of the NCAA. All of that action begins tonight on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT starting at 7.15. But, Jay Doc, I welcome you in to the live show. We've got a great show lined up. We are uh, stacked with five great guests who are going to join us in the next 75 minutes. Uh, But before we get to any of our guests or any of that conversation, I know you wanted to talk about the Pat Gillespie uh, ceremony for the Hall of Fame and then make a big announcement tonight as well.
1: Absolutely, Joe, and, and, uh, you know, we were fortunate enough uh, to be at Spickle Fitter's Local 692 last Saturday uh, and and, um, to to honor Pat Gillespie for his induction into the Legends of Labor Hall of Fame. His family was there. Uh, Certainly, we had great guest speakers. Um, Very, very emotional. Uh, His beautiful wife, Arlene Gillespie, was amazing. By the way, I think we know who, you know, if one of us can't be... uh, can't be on the show. She's an incredible speaker. So Arlene was awesome. Uh, Pat Gillespie Jr., Ryan Boyer, Bobby Heen, and Johnny Doc. Uh, Tony Wigglesworth uh, gave an incredible speech, and it's all going to air on April first. So we had the induction ceremony live. With th- thanks to Wayne Miller uh, and, and Sprinkle Fitters Local Six Ninety Two uh, for making it happen, uh, and 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 certainly. Um, Lisa Dealy was there and, and Jimmy Snell called in and it was just an amazing it was one of well, the most touching uh, ceremonies so obviously congratulations to the family of Pat Gillespie obviously honoring him and his, what he's done for the city uh, and, and, and working people uh, building trades long time business manager um, so yeah, it was just an inc- incredible ceremony that's going to air uh, on April 1st on the labor show.
2: Yeah really meaningful for me to be part of that show and listen and consume the story of uh pat gillespie um as a listener uh and be able to hear and listen and learn um, oh my god you know so much about what he has meant to so many people and um as his wife talked about just the skyline of philadelphia uh you look you see this beautiful picturesque skyline here in the city of philadelphia and when you peel back Off of the surface of the beautiful buildings that have been constructed uh, in this city, Uh, there is um, blood, sweat, and tears. There is toil, there is hard work, and there is a lot of smart people that are driving and pushing the envelope. Pat Gillespie certainly was uh, that individual, and in his passing... Um, I know it was difficult for his wife, but it was great for her. I think to be able to be part of what was a oh, spectacular my God. Uh, Saturday morning. It was
1: a a, uh, a great uh, a, a presentation of the Hall of Fame plaque, and um, man, when 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 people listen on on April first, Saturday, April first, they're going to hear. I mean, just how amazing Pat was, and uh, so many of us already knew it. But there were just so many other things that that um, you know we all learned, and and. You know, just what a special human being Pat Gillespie was, and such a uh, a difference he made. Now he's going to live on in perpetuity in, in, in the Hall of Fame, uh, and 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 along with the other two honorees so far, and and um, that was Sam Staten Senior, and of course, uh, you know, uh, when 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 we were fortunate enough Wendell Young the third, when we were fortunate enough to be up at the UFCW 1776, Wendell Young uh, the fourth. Uh, and, and they had a big crowd there, just like they did at the at, at the, um, the uh, Labor's Union. So the, you know, all great events, and what a, what a start off to the Hall of Fame. And we got big news, obviously, like you mentioned.
2: Yep, no doubt about that. This is The Labor Show. It's a live edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'll let you make our next announcement. It is around, it centers around um, the Hall of Fame J. Doc, and I'll let you take the lead on this and then. Um. Uh, we'll chat, and then we'll bring in our first guest, uh, who's going to join us for a couple of minutes and give us an update here in our opening segment.
1: Yeah, so, Joe, I mean, I'm ecstatic to to announce. Without further ado, um, what what, uh, what when we talk about the Legends of Labor Hall of Fame, uh, our, our labor leadership is is. Uh, uh, has been the focus, and will continue to be the focus, but we have a friends of labor category. And those are individuals that have made a a major difference in the labor community, uh, but may not be a labor leader. They may be uh, in the business community, in the legal community, and a number of other... uh, and, and, and so having said that, I'm ecstatic to announce that uh, our inductee uh, for the Legends of Labor Hall of Fame, our inaugural inductee in in, in, in the uh, Friends of Labor category, is Sam Pond of Pond La Hockey. Uh, Sam has not only been a friend of labor, he's made such a difference, not only with the practice and all the injured workers that they do such a great job with, but we wouldn't have a radio show right now. Um, if it wasn't for Sam Pond uh, and, and uh, you know, Sam is always there for labor uh, when, when um, you know, whenever there's a, an event supporting um, what's going on. And I can't say enough of how proud I am um, to to announce Sam as the inaugural Friends of Labor, Legends of Labor Hall of Fame inductee. And by the way, so that that live event will be 424 April 24th at Pond La Hockey and it will air uh, probably in, in, you know, on Talk Radio 1210 uh, as part of the labor show special uh, soon after. So uh, definitely Sam sets the standard in regards to friends of labor and, and making a difference in the lives of so many of our labor union members and our leaders and our, in, or, and our labor endeavors. So can't think of a better friend than Sam uh, to, to kick that off.
2: No doubt about that. I put an exclamation point on everything you said, and I would end, uh, end on this note. And I've said this to Sam <clears throat> many times, um, sometimes in a quiet moment. I've, I've been able to say this. Uh, the lives of the people that he, he, he just will never know oh, have yeah. been changed um, by what he does. Uh, so great stuff. Sam Pond, that'll be a phenomenal event uh, on the 24th of <clears throat> April. And we look forward to putting that together. Let's get into the show, Jay Doc, before we run out of time here in the opening segment. uh, We'll get a quick update uh, from Tugza. Uh, uh, If you remember, we um, talked about this issue. um, I think it may have been three or four weeks ago on the Labor Show, and now there is closure.
1: Absolutely, Joe. And I'm ecstatic to bring into the program Laurie Robbins. She's the director of organizing for Tugza. Laurie, welcome to the broadcast.
3: Hey! Thanks for having me.
1: Well, it's it's uh, it's my pleasure. If you will, um, you know, first off, congratulations on a job well done. Uh, Thank you. You know, you know, it's it's such a big deal. You represent uh, a, a, individuals, the graduate students who are teaching assistants, and uh, you know they're a big part of what's going on at Temple. Um, and you've been in negotiations. There was a big strike. Talk about. What's going on you know what happened and and, and uh is finally you ratified the contract um mm-hmm. talk about what got you over the top
3: yeah um thanks I mean I think Evan and Belinda were on some weeks ago, and I heard it was really good um I didn't personally get to hear it sadly but um yeah we were we've been in contract negotiations for a year um I was going to say we've been in contract negotiations for a year now, but we're not in negotiations anymore um we went on strike for nearly six weeks, um, and in the end, yeah, we reached a tentative agreement last week, and that was it was voted for unanimously by our members. I think I don't have the exact numbers in my head, but I think ninety eight percent of the vote turnout voted in favour of it, which is like a extremely strong kind of positive result. Um, in the end, the contract. I mean, it really. Not only did it kind of increase our wages substantially. I think the average the average teacher assistant or research assistant at Temple made nineteen thousand five hundred a year. Um, we which I mean it's just not enough to live in Philadelphia at the moment. Um, we managed to get that wage bumped up to twenty four thousand um, to increase to twenty five thousand next year, twenty six thousand, twenty seven thousand. So after negotiating for a year, we only kind of have we negotiate every four years. So we have three years left on the life of the contract. Um, in a couple of years, we'll be on 27,000. Um, but importantly, I think what like really matters, like there are a few things that really mattered for our members beyond the wages. One was getting rid of like, there's a tier system at Temple. So people in some disciplines earn substantially less than people in other disciplines. We managed to get rid of that tier system. So make sure that everyone, regardless of the kind of discipline they come from, gets paid equally for their work, which is like extremely important for people. Um, also, getting dependent some movement on dependent health coverage. It's been really important for our members for a long time. Like our members, like all of the TAs and RAs at Temple get health coverage, but some of our members with families, particularly like our international members, who bring their families over and have to have health coverage for for them for their visas, um, they were often paying. I mean, about four to five hundred per five hundred dollars a month per person. So it could go up to I think for a family about eight percent of their paycheck. We managed to get 25 percent of that covered, um, which it might not be as much as we want. But it, like, it's one of those things that really like, kind of broke through a wall of like, that's now a mandatory subject of bargaining. And Temple has to negotiate over dependent health coverage in the future years, which is, which is extremely important. Um,
1: and, and, and having said that, um, you know, how, remind our listeners how long the, the, the strike lasted.
3: The strike was we were going into our sixth week.
1: Okay, um, and the first contract, uh, you know, the the the, uh, the members voted down. What were the uh, the major changes in it, you know from the first time around, obviously, and uh, you know to to, to, to when he was ratified? What didn't they offer the first time?
3: Um, the first contract they gave us, it was still in a kind of percentage based model of increases. The percentages were I can't remember; they were around like maybe ten percent or something for the first year, which sounds like a major increase. But the reality is we're paid so low, 10% is just like, I don't know, 10% of nothing, still nothing in the end. So I think moving, they also kept the tier system. And if you looked at these tiers and kept a percentage-based model, then over the life of a the contract, these tiers were getting further apart. They also just refused to talk about dependent health coverage, which was like, as I said, like it didn't it's not something that affected like a huge amount of our members, but those that it did affect, it like affected really majorly. And it was also kind of sending this message that like, if you had kids, if you wanted to have kids, if you had a family, then like Temple and higher education wasn't the place for you. Um, so I think being, that wasn't in the first contract. And it was like extremely crucial to get that through.
1: And, 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 and before we let you go, obviously, um, you know, sticking together to solidarity, uh, turning the first contract down, um, you, you, you feel like the organization got respect from, and 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 obviously the solidarity between the members. Obviously, um, that the, the the university is taking you is much more serious now.
3: Yeah, they completely are. I mean, it's like I think they. I don't know. They've been so obstinate for the last year of bargaining, like obstinate to the point of it being insulting. Um, I think they use so many scare tactics you now, cutting our healthcare, which is kind of unprecedented for a strike of our kind, I think, with like graduate employees rescinding the tuition permission, like threatening people with deportation. And I think they did all this to like kind of scare us off. And I think people really kind of sticking out that and keeping going despite these threats was like, I don't know, I think that was a really significant thing. Um, yeah, we hopefully, tra- I mean, well, Listen, take we just- a lot
1: more serious. And, and, and that's what it's all about. I want to congratulate you, uh, Evan Kassoff, Belinda Peter, were on here last. And uh, just a job well done. Congratulations to you and your members. Uh, celebrate. I, we just can't. We, we couldn't be more proud of you.
3: Oh, thank you. And um, I just want to say thanks to all the other unions that came out and stood with us. It oh, kind of really meant a lot to people.
1: Absolutely. No question yeah. about it. <laughs>
2: All right, good
3: Thank stuff. You. That's
2: Louie Robbins joining us from Tugza with a uh, exclamation point on that story, uh, a great finish um, after what was a long battle. We'll get to our first commercial break on The Labor Show with Jay Dock and Krause. On the other side of the break, City Commissioner Omar Sabir back in a moment.
0: Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC21.
2: And back here on The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, live here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. One programming reminder for all of... Uh, uh, All of our listeners around the Delaware Valley, tomorrow night um, at 11 p.m., today in Pittsburgh Labor with Jay Doc and Krause, he will take to the airwaves uh, in western Pennsylvania on KDKA, which is the sister station to talk radio 1210 WPHT. You can listen to the show on Odyssey.com, but I bring it up, J. Doc, because I think there's a I think there's an audience of labor uh, of the labor community here in Philadelphia um, that can help and um, get behind the striking Pittsburgh Post Gazette workers, members of the CWA, uh, and uh, the drivers, of course, the Teamsters. Um, but they are being stonewalled at the negotiation table, um, and I would love for the labor community here in Philadelphia to find a way to support uh, these workers. Uh, that story will be told tomorrow night on today Absolutely. in Pittsburgh. On today in Pittsburgh, labor.
1: Absolutely, Joe. And in, in, in solidarity, we support uh, you know the the members out there who have been on strike. I think since October. Okay, so uh, definitely a, a impacting situation, and we support that. And they can listen to it, uh, like you said, on Talk Radio 1210. Um, right now, I'm ecstatic to bring into the program. we got the upcoming uh, primary election. I'm ecstatic to bring into the program, fill up, your city commissioner, Omar Sabir. Commissioner, how
4: are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing great, man. The weather is beautiful, uh, the Phillies about to get started. 're oh, yeah. doing well I mean hey you know it's a great time right now
1: absolutely fantastic time and and I know it's also a busy time for you and so let's let's kind of get right into it um obviously uh, this is almost these are uncharted waters here in Philadelphia when it comes to uh the primary and 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 with so many candidates running for for mayor and and, and city council and judicial posts on on May 16th. Does that does, does the sheer volume of the candidates make your job that much more challenging? How does it impact you? So
4: in 2019, there was actually uh, it was more candidates that ran in 2019. Wow. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the level of so many vacancies, you know, we'll have a new mayor, we'll have a new city controller, we'll have a new council president, and then we're going to have all these vacancies and the judicial races. We have about 13 uh, judge races, so we have openness from the municipal court all the way up to the Supreme Court. So this election, I would say, is the most important election, I can certainly say, in my lifetime. And it seems like the stakes are getting higher and higher and higher. So this election is very crucial. Our city uh, will definitely, uh, can maybe look the way i has never looked before. So it's very crucial that labor gets out and supports uh, labor. It's very important.
1: Oh, it's interesting because um you know I know they just picked the ballot positions. Now does your does your um office have anything to do with that at all?
4: Well it's actually random. So we have the uh famous uh coffee cup, so we have uh numbers and you just go in and you just pull them out. It's a fair shake and you know uh we'll see who who actually gets the uh the number one. I mean this is a fair uh position. And uh, it's random. So you just basically stick your hand. It's a, a well-tradition. And that's due to state law. You're supposed to pull lots for ballot positions. And that happens in every election all across the 67 counties of Pennsylvania. Not just Philadelphia, but sure. I think Philadelphia tradition is the best because we got the coffee can, we got the, the balls. There's just so much fanfare around it.
2: Omar, let me ask you this: with so many candidates, as J. Doc mentioned, Is it possible that the reverse effect occurs where because the ballot is is inundated with multiple candidates, um, it becomes confusing or it becomes a reason for people to not vote in the primary?
4: Well, so we did a lot of research across the country, and a lot of people uh, don't typically vote in these sort of elections. And the reason why they say that is because in the presidential elections, everybody's calling me. I'm getting all you know your text. I'm getting emails. You reached out to me. You asked me to, to vote, and so I voted. In these elections, uh, people typically don't uh, ask uh, the constituents as much, right? And so it's basically more or less going to probably be like an insider sort of thing. Like if you're a super voter, more than likely you're going to come out and you're going to participate uh, in this election. Uh, one of the things uh, which is going to be interesting about this election is this is the first mayoral race with uh, we'll vote by mail. And so 30, about 35 to 40 percent of our population votes before Election Day now. And so you have more time to sit back, do research on your candidates, you know, so it's not that sort of crowded feeling. And on Election Day, it's not going to be as crowded because you're going to have a significant number of people that voted before Election Day. But people are actually going to have time. It's going to be a big ballot, but people are actually going to have time. to will be think, and take their time and cast their
1: ballot. And, and, and having said that, you know, obviously the, with COVID, the shutdown, you know, led to, you know, you mentioned the mail-in ballots. Um, and, 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 and so having, talk, talk about, you, you know, what you expect. Because it seems like, it, it, you know, a lot of behavior's changed on a lot of different levels. Um, do we expect a lot more mail-in ballots just because people are used to doing it now?
4: Uh, no, actually, uh, Philadelphia is a bit unique. Uh, most cities, when they start dialing ballots, we start to see the demand go up. So in 2020, we were at about 50%, meaning about 350,000 or so people voted out of 700,000. And we're starting to see it go down. So in an election like this, uh, based on previous numbers, we expect about 25 30%. Uh, and that's him, there the other 70% comes a vote in uh, person. So we're like a hybrid sort of uh, family in my house. I vote by mail, and my wife, she votes in person. She's like, I know you're the commissioner thing, man, but we, I'm going to vote in person. <laughs> so we vote in person, you know, we take the children there, we vote around 3.30 uh, at the same time every election, and I normally vote uh, early, I vote by mail. So, again, and, and, I, and I think a lot of the disinformation uh, has affected uh, people's trust and vote by mail. And, you know, Philadelphia, you know, it's just, and, and, and it's crazy because when I go around the country, people call us crazy because, like, you got two elections. You have over 700 polling locations and you don't vote by mail. I'm like, yeah, like the people, like the vote by person. Like, we're going to give the people that what they want. We're going to give our constituents what they want. We're not just going to roll over and close down polling locations just because vote by mail is here. And so, we're running, you know, two elections, and, you know, big shout-out to my colleagues, you know, for doing this. But, you know, it's it's, it's a challenge, but we will rise up uh, to the top. City Commissioner Omar Sabir
2: joining us here on The Labor Show uh, with J. Doc and Krausey live here, of course, on Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210, uh, WPHT. Uh, uh, Omar, what do... Uh Voters need to know what's the before we before we get out of here, what's the what's the one message uh, that you want to put out to voters that they should take from our conversation?
4: Okay, just to check your registration, you have until May the 1st, 1159 p.m. uh, to get registered, change of registration, because a lot of people are unaware what their voting status is, what party they are. Some people are Democrats. They get upset. They become independents. They might become Republican. In Pennsylvania, we live in a closed uh, primary state. So that means you have to be a registered uh, Democrat to vote for the Democratic candidates. You have to be a registered Republican to vote for the Republican candidates. It's closed off. And as you know, with the Democratic advantage so much to the Democrats, uh, whoever wins the Democratic primary will more than likely become uh, the mayor uh, based off of previous elections. So we're definitely encouraging people just to check their registration. Uh, you have until May the 1st. And also, May the, and Tuesday, May the ninth is the deadline for you to apply for your vote by mail, ballot. And, of course, Election Day will be open on Tuesday, May the 16th. It will be open at 7 a.m. It will close at 8 p.m. And just that if you have any questions, uh, don't get information just off of Facebook, uh, you know, your plumber, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, we have trusted messenger with trusted messaging. Uh, Go to PhiladelphiaVotes.com to get the latest and most accurate information in regards to elections. And no question is a stupid question. Please bug us, call us up, let us know. And if there's any union meetings that uh, you need our office to come out to, we'll come out, we'll bring the applications, we'll answer any questions. Please reach out to us, let us know. If you need us to bring the voting machines out, we can come out to your union meeting and bring the voting machines to show people how to vote. If there's any request that we need uh, from the commissioner's office, know that you have a friend in the city commissioner's office. Always call us at 215-686-3462, 215-686-3462. And my email address is Omar, O-M-A-R dot Sabir at omar.sabir.phila.gov. Omar, O-M-A-R the website is philadelphia.votes. And if you cannot get me, you always can get my big brother, Ryan Boyer, that's my big brother. That's he right. can get him, if you can't get me,
2: great stuff from Omar Sabir, city commissioner. <laughs> did a nice radio job there, brother. Getting everything in in the last you 65 five seconds of the segment. Great job. Thanks, Thanks a sir. million, brother. <laughs> uh, Thank for you for coming Omar. on the show, Omar. Appreciate uh-huh. it, man. All right, that's Omar Sabir joining us here. We'll get to a commercial break on The Labor Show with Jadok and Krause. Uh, Still to come, uh, at the top of the hour, 7 o'clock, Wayne Miller's going to join us and take us into uh, Penn State basketball tonight against the Texas Longhorns. Uh, Wayne will be here to talk about the all-star labor classic back in a moment
0: this program is paid for by jacob media partners this edition of the labor show is sponsored in part by sprinkler fitters local 692 laborers district council steam fitters local 420 and the international union of operating engineers local 542
2: and welcome back, everyone, to The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. We're live here tonight on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. J. Doc, do we know, by the way, in that commercial, uh, listening in the, into our last commercial break and uh, hearing the IATSE spot, Do we was there ever a resolution um, regarding the issue where the DNC... Uh, came into Philadelphia and I think decided for the very first time to uh, sign on with a non-union crew uh, for their production needs, snubbing IATSE. Do, do we know what's going on with that?
1: I'll tell you what, Joe, it's a good question, and I think it's about time we get Mike Barnes uh, on back on the program. Uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, that was a, 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 a very, you know, it's very confusing. That's for darn sure. Um, and so, uh, I haven't gotten an update on it recently. But, uh, you know, let's let's get the the Mike Barnes back on and let's have that uh, let's have that conversation because. Uh, yeah, I think the people deserve an update on that.
2: Yeah, and that's a joke, by the way. So I want to f- we'll stay on top of that and look to bring that to uh, the listening audience. Remember, we're live here tonight on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're here tonight until 7.15 when the Penn State Nittany Lions will take on the Texas Longhorns in the second round uh, of the NCAA tournament. Uh, J-Doc, over to you, sir.
1: Yeah, Joe, so uh, we're going to continue on the theme of obviously we had City Commissioner Omar Sabiro in the program uh, and, and we're talking about the election and we do have a lot of, of uh, mayoral candidates and we've been fortunate enough to get them on the show. We're switching gears a little bit. We have the opportunity tonight to have one of our judicial candidates on. Judge John Padova, who is not only a sitting judge, uh, but a a candidate for judge on the Philadelphia uh, Court of Common, please. And I want to welcome John on the program. John, how are you, sir?
5: I'm well, Joe. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, Great to be on your show again.
1: It it, it is great to have you back on on the program. And, uh, you know, certainly, uh, uh, you know, you're you know, you've been appointed by the governor in 2019 and again in 2022. Uh, Talk. uh, And and now you're 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 running for a a full term. Talk about what makes uh, you know, you're so
5: passionate,
1: why you're so passionate about, obviously, uh, justice and, and, and serving as a judge.
5: Uh, because uh, serving as a judge, of course, you have to be fair. You have to have the right temperament. You have to have patience, courtesy, and respect to all litigants. You have to be compassionate and firmness uh, sometimes, and even temper, uh, impartial, and, and, and common sense in order to to uh, to uh, uh, have a good sense of of justice there.
1: and and, and uh, what's interesting about that is the people deserve that okay and uh, and that, those are great points and and so your experience as a judge as a sitting judge okay on the court um talk well, uh, talk about the, the you know in in a sense um the importance about that because the people know what they're getting uh you know you you, you you've uh, been on the bench for quite some time and that experience benefits you how
5: sure because uh, I've been, on, I've been uh, on the bench for about two years, and I was assigned to the uh, Criminal Trial Division. And uh, as a sitting judge, you know, you hear all types of uh, offenses, from guns to drugs to aggravated assault. And it's important to ha- that you have an experience on the bench, uh, along with trial experience. I, I was a trial lawyer for about 30 years and, and tried all types of cases, and I bring uh, my trial experience as an attorney to the bench, along with the two years that I've sat on the bench so far.
1: And 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 having said that, uh, you know, we t- we we've, we you and I have talked about it in the past. Um, you are a compassionate person, and you know, uh, obviously, when when it when it comes to being a judge, uh, sentencing is a big part of it. Uh, but you also believe in diversionary programs. Uh, I do. Talk about that.
5: Sure. You know, I I believe in giving second chances where somebody makes a mistake or has a poor decision, but who's uh, not a danger to society. And and what I do is uh, I look to, look, if a person has a a mental condition or drug condition, I look to put them in what's called a diversionary program, a program to treat that uh, uh, drug condition condition or treat that mental condition not only that along with their treatment i have a vocational component okay where they're trained for for a job or a skill and then we hook them up with an an employer in the community so so in other words that the individual um who uh did the offenses is benefited by that type of treatment along with vocational treatment and the community benefits too because they have a, a transferable skill.
2: John Padova joining us here on the Labor Show with Jay and Krause as we broadcast to you uh, live on a, a saturday <clears throat> on a Saturday night. I know John, and I don't know um, from an endorsement standpoint. I don't know um, from a timeline standpoint um, when all endorsements come in for a specific candidate, but. Um, It looks like um, you all have already been uh, endorsed um, by the Philadelphia Building Trades, the Metal Trades Union, um, highly recommended um, by the Bar Association. And when you start to see that and you start to hear that, um, the importance of having that endorsement, I think it's more than just a tagline. I I think it says something about, you know, who you are because it's a collective group of others that are standing behind you.
5: Oh, absolutely. I also have the endorsement from the painters and the plumbers. Look, the um, the unions uh, and labor, the building trades, they have a, a very strong uh, collective voice, and they solidify their workers and their family. They're crucial in establishing fair working conditions, fair benefits, fair wages, and they fight for safety and protection of its workers, safety of safety in the workplace, and they also fight for social justice, economic equity, and um, retirement security for the workers. That's extremely important.
1: And and, and I'll tell you, it it is interesting. You talk about integrity and character, and um, one of the things that are so important, and and the judge um, has already kind of mentioned it, Phil, you, you deserve that. Like, you and I talked about, John, um, you, you know, as far as a, a elect, an elected official, um, somebody that you're voting for, you're much more likely to come in contact with a judge than, uh, you know, the mayor um, or, uh, you know, a senator or something like that. When it comes to a judge, um, you, you know, you or a family member, uh, you know, are much more, or a friend, are much more likely. You want that opportunity at justice,
5: correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how many times do, do, does a person or their family uh, come in contact uh, with the mayor or with a senator or councilman? But I bet uh, everybody in their family, including my family, has situations where they have to come in front of a judge, whether it's civil, whether it's uh, a family, or domestic problem, or whether it's a criminal matter. So, uh, you know, people come in contact with judges, in my view, more so than, than other public officials.
1: John, before you go... Um, What what is your uh, ballot position? Because I want people looking out, uh, you know, uh, you know, at at, at not just pulling levers. It's important for you to educate yourself for whoever you vote for. Um, But what is your ballot position, John?
5: Well, actually, unfortunately, I I pulled a uh, not so good ballot position. I'll probably be uh, the last person on the ballot, maybe um, 17 or 18, depending upon. Uh, what candidates chopped out. Uh, we don't know that now, but I'll probably be the last one or the next to last on the ballot.
1: Well, it shouldn't matter because people should be educated. We talk about how important it is, right, Joe Kraus, in educating yourself on the candidates. Uh, you know, continued um, success, John. You do a great job on the bench. Can't think of a more fair uh, or integrity-based individual and, uh, you know, keep keep uh, keep going, my friend.
2: Thanks a lot, Joe. I really appreciate it. Good stuff from John Padova joining us here on The Labor Show. And as we go to the break, J. Doc, I would make an argument that if he is uh, number 17 uh, on the ballot, not a bad number to have considering yesterday was St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. Yep. Uh, perhaps an easy number to remember uh, for John Padova uh, on the ballot um and joining us here tonight on The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. We'll get to a commercial break. On the other side, John Kane will join us. Busy show tonight. Back in a moment.
0: Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Iron Workers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roovers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor.
2: Back here on the Labor Show with Doc and Krause, live here tonight on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Don't forget, coming up at 7.01 on the other side of the top of the hour, Wayne Miller will be along. We'll talk All-Star Labor Classic, and then we'll lead you right into Penn State basketball. You'll hear all of the Nittany Lions action against the Longhorns, round two of the... Uh, NCAA tournament right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Jay doc I'll let you do the introductions for our next guest. I thought it was just an old friend uh, coming by to uh, say hello and join us for a couple of minutes. I didn't realize he was running again. My God, he just got in office. The guy's crushing no, it already. No. Leave him on. Is he is he running or he's not no, running? No, he's he's already there, man. He's just yeah, coming that's in what to I mean. see I, yeah, yeah, I got this list of a long, a, a long list of stuff, and I'm like, this, you must have repurposed some old stuff, John's already I, in the I, house. I told you,
1: I told you that.
2: <laughs> crying out, and I'm
1: ecstatic. speaking to great leaders. Uh, we're ecstatic to to have John Kane, a longtime business manager Plumbers Local 690 and and, and Pennsylvania State Senator, uh, on the broadcast. John, how are you, sir?
6: I'm doing good, Joe Doc and Joe, Joe Kraus. How are you guys? And my dog uh, says hello, also. Okay, yeah, yeah. T- <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, John, I forgot to talk about. Um, you know, your high school, you went to Roman Catholic, right? Am I correct? Um, I don't. Well, I know. <laughs> well, it's John's an O'Hara guy. I'm a Roman guy. We got something going back and forth. You know, it's a, it's it's a, always a great argument. Uh, John, you know, I know, you know, you're busy. Um, we're always happy to have you on the broadcast. Um, one of the uh, things that we've talked about on this broadcast and we've talked about a lot is worker misclassification. Uh, and I know you're doing doing some, some important things there. If you would touch base on that. So, Doc,
6: yeah, thanks a lot for having me tonight anyway. You know, Always it's it's, an, it's actually an exciting time to be an elected official. Um, I, I don't run again until 2024. You know, we just got Governor Josh Shapiro and Austin Davis as our lieutenant governor. Um, so what ended up happening through all this is that Senator Tina Tartaglione, she moved into the whip position. So she's now in leadership in the Senate, which is awesome, which actually opened up a spot for leadership for labor and industry. So with that happening, I am now the co-chairman of labor and industry. And my awesome. my my the the chairman's from out in Western Pennsylvania, from the other side of the aisle, a, a, a young man by the name of Devlin Robinson. So we're really... And he's got like a labor background. So we actually are really looking forward to what's going on. And one of the things, of course, is labor, you know, is, of course, job, you know, worker misclassification. Worker misclassification has always been something that I've always recognized, you know, being the business manager in the city of Philadelphia and the surrounding area, that you have all these contractors that are, you know, they, they're, they're taking advantage of some of these immigrants that come into our country. They're taking advantage of individuals that don't have, enough support and background to know what's actually going on they'll use them as 1099 employees so that means if the individual ends up uh, getting hurt on the job it's going to be his insurance so it's going to have to pay for it they're getting all their direction from the people that hired them you know whether they're getting paid cash which most of them are getting paid as cash they got to pay their own taxes which they don't do you know there's nothing going to the federal government or into the city of philadelphia let alone the state so at worker misclassification, what we're going to end up doing is we're going to look at going after some of these, you know, these contractors that are taking advantage of these individuals, and we're going to make sure that they're held accountable now. And it would actually benefit labor, because what's going to end up happening is now they're going to have to be held in a level playing field. And that's always been important to me.
1: And you know, one of the things that's uh, and, and and the people you said you know you, you laid it out there perfectly. Um, a lot of these, I mean, if they're all and these are not union contractors. So so um, you have individuals, and, and and you say to yourself, well, how how would you know? How would you know? Uh, you know they're not. You know they're ten ninety nine. Well, they all got to be in at seven o'clock. They all, if they get a coffee break, they all got to take it at the same time. They get the same lunch if they get a lunch. And so you know they're coming in. They are clearly employees, but they're getting paid 10.99. This this yep. allows this is this is uh, allows the uh, you know the the, the either the, the the owner of the project or the general contractor who are, or or you know whoever's the the project manager to pay them without having to give them benefits. Okay, right. and uh, you know I I I know this has been a, a, a bit. In, and by the way, this is how they underbid unions this is one of the great yeah. things about having representation that will not happen to somebody how prevalent is this john and and, and how often does this go on and by the way what's the penalty if, if if somebody if a contractor gets caught doing this
6: uh joe great question and and this much i know from back in the day is that we had a contractor that we actually had red-handed that was cheating his employees got caught ended up brought all the information to the state of Pennsylvania. And then that contractor realizing what happened here, he self-debarred himself. The man had five years worth of works on the books, ended up self-debarred himself for three years. And by the time he ended up, he was deep, he was able to go back and bid work. He was finishing up another two years worth of work that he already had on the book. So, you know, being the, this misclassification stuff is going to come down hard on contractors. And that's the most important thing is the fact that we don't want them. You know, all right, they might get away with it once because they, they may have, you know, did something that they didn't recognize. And I get it. You know, even union contractors mess up from time to time, misclassifying somebody. But it does happen out there but it's the ones that are continuous to do this time and time again are the ones that I'm really coming after. And it happens an awful lot. The only problem is we don't have any enforcement. And under the, the Josh Shapiro administration as governor, he's already he's already recognized that problem. He's already looking at funding it so that way we can get another additional um, enforcement out there by hiring on enforcement agents. So, I'm looking forward to it. You know, we also have a new Secretary of Labor, Nancy Walker, who happens to be a Delco woman, who I actually that? know very well. So I'm um, I I I got to say, you know, we got the you know the three parts of the legislative branch in in the state of Pennsylvania are now in control by Democratic Party now. So we should be able to start seeing things happening a lot more now than in the past. So. I am really excited to be a part of it right now.
2: John Kane joining us here on The Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause. Boy, John, I would love, um, and I don't want to overstep my. I don't want to overstep my bounds here, but um, and I don't know if you heard me promote uh, earlier, uh, tomorrow night J-Doc and I will be on KDKA in Pittsburgh with Today in Pittsburgh Labor, uh, talking about uh, the Post-Gazette workers who are on strike since October, getting stonewalled um, by the attorneys representing block communications despite a ruling in their favor, um, yet they remain on strike, and um, I don't know how uh, the state and I don't know how you and your colleagues can get help get behind the striking post workers. But somehow we got to find some resolution for them. But anyway, we're doing that story tomorrow night. Um, awesome. You, you know, um, so look into it if you can for us, my yeah. friend. Um, Crousey, uh, now that's 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 a that's a great leeway. Look what just recently happened with Temple you know, the
6: graduate students that they ended up, they came up, they met with all the state senators up there to talk to them about what could be done. And I always said, Hey, strike when the iron's hot. You got a lot of things that are going on in this, in Temple university right Mm -hmm. now with, you know, Christopher Fitzgerald that ended up getting killed down there. I said, you got all the negativity that's, you know, going with that. And then on top of that, you have a strike. And I actually told him, I said, Strike while the the irons are hot right now. I said this is a good time for you guys to be negotiating. You know, bring them back to the table and and try to come to something that you can. You know, bring on to your members and you can pass it. And, they and hear, John, finally, and they just got it settled.
1: John, we they let off the show today? Uh, you know, we we, we uh. got an up, yeah that was an update. We had the we had tugs the you know the grad students uh-huh. uh, on and, yep. and they're so excited. They're for, for the first time ever. Uh, you know, obviously the administration is is um you know is taking them seriously so we know yeah, you got to go good. but one of the one of the things i wanted to say is this jack Stolsteimer out in delaware county is somebody who has been also um uh, you know taking uh, worker uh, misclassification uh you know dead seriously i know he's been on yep. it so you know with the team you guys got out there in, in in delaware county and 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 what we're doing here by the way it's a big topic for all the mayoral candidates as well um keep up the good work john i mean it's 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 great things Uh, that you're doing
6: thanks pal thanks for you know having me on the show tonight anytime you need me just reach out i'm happy to jump on
2: thank Uh, you john Good stuff, John Kane. Doesn't forget the little guys down here at J-Dock, the Labor <laughs> Show with Jay Dock and Krause. He's the best. Yes, we he is him. indeed. John him. Kane uh, joining us here. Uh, we'll get to a commercial break. Don't go anywhere. Uh, on the other side of the top of the hour on the Labor Show with Jay Dock and Krause, uh, Wayne Miller will be along. We'll talk All-Star Labor Classic. We're within a month now of the 34th Annual All-Star Labor Classic. Uh, we'll talk about that. And we'll lead you right in to Penn State basketball on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Back in a moment.
0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542.
2: And back here on The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause as we broadcast to you live tonight on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Special thanks to uh, John Kane for joining us, J. Doc, in that last segment. Boy, I would love to see John uh, and some of the other individuals that John referenced um, get behind uh, the Post-Gazette workers who literally are being stonewalled by the attorneys representing block communications out in Pittsburgh. And, of course, tomorrow night uh, we'll be on KDKA with Today in Pittsburgh Labor. And we look forward um, to getting that message and that narrative out to the public. As I said when we first came on, we're live here tonight leading you right in to Penn State basketball. The Nittany Lions will take on the Texas Longhorns. Uh, That will get underway at 7.15. So the way to uh, wrap up the show today is perfect to bring Wayne Miller uh, into the conversation, Wayne, because it is that uh, time of the year when publicly um, you start to talk about the Labor Classic, my favorite event of all time. Um, But conversations really begin internally uh, in September. Um, or probably even earlier than that, um, but it's back again—the 34th annual All-Star Labor Classic, the greatest event um, created, where dollars are raised by high school athletes, student athletes who play in a basketball game, and 100% of the dot money, every penny raised, is donated to a nonprofit. Wayne Miller welcome in. It is an amazing amazing event um put on by the building trades hey uh, Joe, thanks for having me on the on the show but yes it is it is we've been doing this for
7: going on thirty five years <clears throat> we raised all kind of money uh well over three million dollars uh, for the charities that we selected and uh it's just uh, it's it's the building trades uh they're, it's our charity it's the only charity that we have, and we know we've taken pride for a number of years uh with it so and and it's been going on for like you said over three uh you know uh, thirty four thirty five years
1: and and wayne uh, talk about um so uh, what what charity uh, does does the money go to
7: uh for a number of years we used to do united cerebral palsy now we do m s and uh so basically, uh, it what that happens is the kids play. We have our vendors and people that do business with us, and all the unions, uh, you know, buy things to support uh, the game. And we we generally w- raise about $150,000 for an event, uh, and that's uh, so. <clears throat> and that goes to the to the kids. I mean, to to the children or, or the adults with MS, but. What we also do, and we don't count this in the money that we raise for charity, is that we give uh, you know, each uh, kid that's selected uh, to play in the All-Star Labor Classic, we give them $500 uh, towards their book bills and things like that when they go uh, in their first semester in college. Now, we have, uh, we have 60 kids at play. So you look at 34 years, $500 per kid for 34 years, that's a lot of money, but we don't, we don't count that into the charity because uh, it, it doesn't go to the charity. It goes to the kids to help them uh, with their book bills. So and it's, it, amazing. It, it, it's a great
2: time. Yeah, yeah it absolutely. really is. I mean, it is absolutely. Yeah. And, Jay, Doc, you know, um, you know how I feel and how blessed I feel to be able uh, to be courtside and to be able to um, bring all the action to the Delaware Valley. In fact, on Tuesday night, um, I'll be with Dennis Hill, and I'll be with eight of those 60 student athletes who are playing oh, yeah. in this year's All-Star Labor Classic. And, Wayne, I think... The one amazing thing um, that I am always reminded is it, it's a big deal for the student or for the athletes that are selected to play. This is not a gesture to be to play in an all-star game. There's real meaning behind being selected to play. Yes, you have to be selected, and
7: you see with the, the we don't do that. We have like Dennis Hill and, and other. People that uh, are involved in high school basketball, they go out uh, and select the children from in, in in Philly and out in the suburbs. And uh, now everybody wants to 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 go into this All Star game. When we first started, it wasn't that way. Uh, and then uh, now uh, that's a big thing for uh, kids to be selected. And, and, uh, and
1: yeah. you know, having said that, you know, we we've talked about it in the past. This is such a win win type of situation where like you said it's a big deal for the high school kids they have to be selected Mm -hmm. to play in the Mm -hmm. game they have opportunities to have scouts see them and all that but they also Mm -hmm. get the opportunity to make a difference in the lives of of other kids and some of them that are at the game so they get to that you know they get to learn uh, about giving back and at the same time be able to showcase their talents in front of a, a a a great great uh for a great great cause um yes. it's it, it, so it's it's great basketball but it's even more than that mm-hmm. correct wayne
7: yeah it's why it's more than that is that it's probably for the first time in some of these athletes lives that they're doing something for someone else okay and uh you know because they're always getting praise everybody wants to be around them but the thing is is that what we do now is that with this All-Star Labor Classic, we use these kids to raise money for people less fortunate than them. And the thing is, is that we feel that it's a teaching moment for the, for the kids that are playing in this game. So, you know, that as they go on in life, they'll, they'll want to give back to people that, that need help. And, and if, we, if anything comes out of that game, that's one thing we
2: hope comes out or, and rubs off on the, all the athletes that are playing in the game. Absolutely. Wayne Miller joining us here on The Labor Show uh, with Doc and Krause. We're live here, of course, on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Wayne, I want to I give you uh, a minute or two um, to create the visual for the listening audience um, about how it started and where it began. Um, mm-hmm. Before fast-forwarding now to, as you said, 34, 35 years later. Talk about that for a minute or two, yes. if you will.
7: When it first started, there was a number of uh, our members that started. Uh, there was business managers. It was uh, Midge Clavin out of the Sprinkler Fitters. It was Pat Gillespie, the head of the building trades. It was Pat Iden. And there was a guy named Sam Glassmeyer out of the Bricklayers. They started the program, and, they seen, and, and it was only with the boys' team. And we, what we did is we... we uh, we sold out the Spectrum, but the problem was is we played the uh, Harlem Grove Trotters and we made no money for the charity. <laughs> All the money went to the heart of Road Trotters, you know. <laughs> and, and, and we sold the state, we sold the sixteen hundred seats, sixteen thousand seats out at, at the Spectrum. Then what we did first we start playing, uh, we start playing the Philadelphia Eagles at different uh, different venues, and then we start raising money. When we first started out, we used to say, we, you know, if we, we can make $50,000 an event, that would be good. And then each each year, as the years went on, we kept on raising it and raising it and raising it. Now we're up to 150000 150, which the new business manager of the building trade, Ryan Boyer, he wants 200000 raised. So uh, so that means that uh, the guy's got to work harder uh, to get <laughs> to get the, that much money for these children, but uh, then then uh, in the, I forget the year it was, but then they added the, they added the girls to it, and when they added the girls to the All Star League Classic, it really took off, and uh, you know because now you have uh, the boys and the girls, and it, it really it it made a a huge difference, and because the girls you know they, they play. Real basketball, even when it's in an all-star game. The boys, you know, they are run up and down and shoot and they'll play any the defense. But the girls put that back into the game. And with that, we had added people to come to help uh, give uh, donations to help the, the rest of the, uh, uh, the amount of money that we made. But again, to where we are today, we moved it around to a lot of universities. We were at the University of Pennsylvania, we were at LaSalle, we were at St. Joe's. Uh, we, were, we also played, uh, this year it'll be at, uh, at Holy Family College. Uh, we, we, we also played at the Philadelphia Pharmacy, Philadelphia Textile, uh, which is Philadelphia University now. But there, there's the, some of the venues that we played, and we had a, every coach in Philadelphia that, that coached in Philadelphia, especially in the Big Five, they always participated in the uh, in the dinner for the children and spoke to them. Fran Dunphy. If he was there once, he was there 10 times. Speedy Mars. if he was there once, he was there 10 times. And, the, and we had even to, to John Lucas, who used to coach this, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. We've had every coach that was, was something in this city uh, come out and help us out. Uh, Dr. John Giamani, all these guys. It, it was really fabulous. And, and, and the thing is, we'll never have, in my opinion, uh, the coaches in the Big Five that we had with those guys. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not good or anything like that. But there was a tight knit group, and they and, and they gave back to everybody, especially Fran Delfy and, and and Speedy Mars. They were off the charts, uh, and that helped us promote this program, and uh, and that's where it is today. And uh, you know, plus. All the trades, every trade's involved in this. Every trade in the building trades involved in, in, in donations and, and supporting this uh, charity, So, which is really a great thing.
2: Great stuff from Wayne Miller joining us here uh, tonight. And, of course, uh, Wayne, um, the added basketball game that doesn't get a lot of fanfare um, is the media game. Um, which Jacob Media participated mm-hmm. in last year for the very first time with a couple mm-hmm. of great athletes, Barrett Brooks and yeah. Mark Farzetta yes. and Rob Ellis mm-hmm. and all these guys, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we and we were smoked. <laughs> we got crushed yeah. <laughs> in the game last year, but we're back again well, who, uh, well, who, who, this year. Who, broad, who broadcast the game, Joe? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's across the Jacob Media Network, J-Doc, and I will tell you, it is one of the things that I love. It is truly Mm -hmm. amazing. We stream it live on YouTube. We're across the radio network. Uh Um, It really is an amazing thing. Wayne Miller, um, Uh wrapping it up, you'll hear more about the All-Star Labor Classic over the next couple of weeks. The banquet's coming Mm -hmm. up again Tuesday night. I'll be out uh, with Dennis Hill and eight more of the participants, so a lot of great stuff. Uh, coming up. Uh, Wayne, just a, a huge uh, salute to you, my friend. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming on. You too, Joe. Uh, and you too,
7: Joe. Doc, uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. And uh, it, it's 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 a great thing that we
2: did. Thank you. Awesome. No, great no job, doubt Wayne. about that. Great stuff from Wayne Miller tonight. The All-Star Labor Classic. And as Wayne said, um, and I mentioned, which I'm amazed, every penny raised goes to the nonprofit um, and it is the um, Multiple Sclerosis of Philadelphia that will be the recipient again this year of the annual All Star Labor Classic the Sunday after Easter this year. Look for it on Jacob Media Sports. JDoc, I have 15, I have 20 seconds for you to say goodbye and then I'll wrap it all up.
1: Yeah, no. Listen, a great show. I want to thank everybody, obviously, for tuning in, but also we want to thank our guests um, and and a shout out to to the building trades and what they're doing uh, with the All Star Labor Classic. Like Joe Kraus says that it's the greatest charitable event ever ever created, and um, just a great night. And and, and again, shout out to Pat Gillespie and Sam Pond, Legends uh, of Labor Hall of Fame uh, inductees. Uh,
2: fantastic show, Joe. All right, good stuff. On behalf of j Duck, I'm Joe Kraus. See you next time, everybody. This program is paid for by Jacob Media
0: Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.